This is To The Point. A rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up, To The Point listeners? It's your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, and it is December 6th. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. I should have really taken up a career in being an entertainer in the music industry. I'm starting to like realize I've got a real knack for, you know, singing. I'm <laughs> pretty humble too. <laughs> ben, what are you laughing at, man? You know, that sounded good. Yep. No, sound, my- like, sound like you blew on a cruise ship, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably more accurate. A cruise ship. You can be right. You can be right. Um, well, listen, like I'd been out of a job a couple years ago, but um, <clears throat> nobody wants to be reminded of that. I love Christmas time. It is my absolute favorite time of year. We just rolled out of you know Thanksgiving a few weeks ago, which is great. It's all about you know family and everybody getting together. Or for some of us, we have to travel to uh, college soccer showcases for our kids. <laughs> but um, I love this time of year. It's my absolute favorite. My all-time favorite Christmas song is white Christmas. It's my favorite. Um, and anytime that sucker comes on, man, it makes me think of like my dad, my dad was huge into Christmas. I all get all my Christmas spirit stuff from him. My house is like decked out. So if anybody follows me on, on Facebook or whatever, if you just look once my house is done, which will be next, or I actually, it was done a few, uh, I, I turn everything on December 1st. It's done well before December. It's like the Griswold house. (laughs) <laughs> it looks cool. Music plays. It's all synced to music. It's so cool. I love this time of year. It just feels good. Like the whole Christmas spirit thing just makes you feel good, right? Well, I'm excited to have my friend and also a customer of Rhino, which I'm super grateful for. Phenomenal businessman, phenomenal human being, um, husband, father of what? Well, you got three. You have you have three kids, right, Ben? I do three. That's yep, right, I do man. Five-year-old. Just a just a good human being, great businessman, runs a successful business, and, and I'm excited to have Ben Robles on the podcast. Now, you actually came, you were, you're from Omaha, right? Yeah, born and raised in Omaha. That's like yep. Peyton Manning's favorite word. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> Omaha, Omaha. Omaha. Um, he'd be a good one to have a Rhino X, Peyton Manning. Um, <laughs> but you are, um, well, I know we just talked about this pre-podcast the co-owner of John Henry Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Yes. And yep. But you've got this CFO PC. You're an integrator. You're an EOS implementer. You're a, all things to all people. You're just doing – listen, you do what ownership shit does, and that's – you wear a lot of hats still. Okay, that's how, that's how it goes. But I'm excited yeah. to have you on here. Um, I think you – I think we had established that you had, you had been working for them for a bit, which we'll get into a little bit of your history, but then you took over ownership in 2019 pre-pandemic. Boy, Just how did that – how did that feel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little shocking at first, but uh, we just got to push through like everything else. Absolutely, man. You got to uh, figure it out and move on, you know, yep. and give me one well, of those. Choice. That's right, you know, persevere. But I want to talk yeah. about this real quick too because – um, when, as even though today is December 6th, um, when we report, when I recorded this podcast, it was just before Thanksgiving. And then I learned something a few years ago, um, about black Friday, right? I don't go out and do like, typically that's a retailer's deal, yep. but to any plumbers listening right now, you know, it is Brown Friday. Oh, 
brother. You know, like, hey, I bet you you were, and it's one of the busiest days of the year for plumbing companies. You know, you got drains being clogged, you got toilets being clogged, lots of, Brown yeah. Friday is a thing. It is, it is. And how busy, how busy is Brown Friday typically for you, for you, for you as a plumbing company? Typically pretty busy. Yeah, insane, we, right? We, we allow, we allow some, some of the staff to obviously take, take some time off, but those that are here and, and kind of through the weekend. Yep. Um, believe it or not, turkey carcass will not go down the drain properly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is it is it fair to say that it could be a floating holiday? <laughs> good. good. <laughs> oh shit! I just listen. That, see, now I could be on a cruise ship either as a, a singer or a comedian. Like either yeah. one, I'm in. It's gonna say you got a five day week gig there. <laughs> hey, listen. Speaking of singers, fun fact about about my man Ben, and I'm either gonna be right or wrong, but I think I'm right. Um, if if are you a uh, a Biggie Smalls fan? Huge. Yeah, I thought so. Huge. Biggie, Huge. Biggie, Biggie. Can't you see? Nineties yep. um, when I when I effectively grew up. In the, in the 90s in college and that was that was it that was that was tupac there was an attraction to it for whatever reason dude tupac biggie easy e like yeah. i loved all that stuff too i come from the country but yeah. i was gang country gangster gangster <laughs> whatever that means i was country gangster um <laughs> You have the subwoofers in the back of your old cutlass there, Chris? <laughs> well, it was a Mercury Cougar, but yes, <laughs> I had it. Yeah, I, it was a 1985 Mercury Cougar. It had a digital dash. I thought I was so cool. And then I put a, uh, a subwoofer in the back of it. And it was like one of those bazooka tubes. You remember like the old school? Like it yep. was just a piece yep. of shit that I could afford to get. And I put it in there and I thought it was so cool. I looked back. I just gave a, a speech to a, class, a marketing class at one of the schools out here in Phoenix and and I showed him a picture of that car. Man, I thought I was much cooler than I really was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I was uh, recently, uh, I bought myself a, a car for college gift, uh, moons and moons, uh, years ago, I guess. And uh, hung on to it, even though I've, I've uh, since moved on to a couple of different vehicles for whatever reason. And was cleaning that one out because I'm finally going to get rid of, rid of it. And as I was uh, getting ready to clean it out, yeah, I had to pull out a uh, subwoofer speaker wire. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, still kind of floating around, even though the subs and everything else was long gone. <laughs> I was talking to somebody, oh, in that class, I'm mean, talking to a bunch of juniors, right? And I have a sophomore in high school, my daughter, and she was like appalled that I was even going to a high school and speaking. <laughs> like, um, But I shared a couple of different things with them. I was talking about, I mean, it was a marketing class. So I shared, Hey, you know, you actually have four things that you do to market yourself before you even knew you were in marketing. Like, and I'll tell you, it's like the clothes you wear, you know, is a statement. It's how you market yourself. What can you like, what do you wear? Do you wear designer clothes? Do you wear like your homemade, like whatever it is, like your clothes is a, is a marketing statement about who you are. The other C is a car. The car you drive can be a marketing statement about who you are and what's in that car, hence your speakers, your subs or whatever. <laughs> you know, and I, I was going through this whole, this whole thing with them. And, um, and because we're in a world of social media, I also included, uh, your character and your, um, creative, like what you're putting out there, your content, your content, sure. just like I tried to try to do these four C's, but it was interesting because I was telling them about, and I showed that picture of my first car, this Mercury Cougar. Um, I remember having to buy the, the tape, and you put the tape in the tape deck. And for the user listening and don't know what a tape is, Google it. All right. It's a cassette tape. 
And what we used to have to do back in the day is put that cassette tape in and it was connected to a, a, a CD Walkman. If you don't know what a Walkman is, Google that too. It's basically a portable CD player. If you don't know what a CD is, then stop fucking listening to this podcast right now. I'm kidding. Um, but I, I had to, you remember that? You used to plug it in and that's how you played your CD because I didn't have a CD player in my car. Right. right. You, well, you know, the you see the Facebook memes for uh, anybody kind of in our age range has that that bucket of wires and adapters and that kind of thing. And I, I can assure you, if I was to go to mine in, in, in our basement, I probably still have that set up uh, somewhere floating around. In you know box. what? What's funny <laughs> is that because I grew up so poor, like anytime I got anything, I would start to hoard it. I'm like, I'm going to reuse yeah. that wire sometime. Yeah. I'm going to re, I, I, and I think it's made the moves with me over the years. I'm yep. 43. Like I can get rid of, I can afford new shit if it happens. Right. And now right. you don't even need the damn wire. So I kept them all right. these years and drug it. I've even still got like old computer, like hard drives and just still yep. sitting. Anyhow, I just don't know. It's all tangent there, but man, yep. those were some good old days, right? I love sure. that. That man, that was a good life to live. And, and I can tell you my very first Favorite CD, and then I'll get into it, listeners. I promise I'll get to it. I'll get to the point. <laughs> My very first CD that I bought and played in the car was the Friday soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. Um, and mm-hmm. I must have watched that movie a million times. And I had it <laughs> memorized, um, you know, because I was country gangster. So, <clears throat> um, which is why, you know, I got Nelly coming to Rhino right. Lexus here because you country grammar. He's, 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 those are my people. So I'm excited for him to come now. Hey, listen, you went to Rhino X the, earlier this year. I did. I what did. did you, how was your experience? Uh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Matter of fact, uh, I crossed paths with Terry, uh, last week at a, at an event and, uh, I hadn't really met him. I don't know that I actually really effectively talked to him at Rhino X, but he looked at me and he said, you look familiar. <laughs> and I said, yeah, there was, there wasn't very many people in that room, but it was extremely powerful. And so, uh, yeah, hands down. I've been to a lot of events, Chris, over over the years, um, and, and hands down, probably the, the the top event um, I've ever been to uh, regarding the home the home services space. So I appreciate that. Just a fantastic experience. Was it what was it as was it as promised? Uh, Over delivered. Thank which you. Which I think that's that's a that's your style. Cool man. Which, which makes it easier to know when you want to develop business partnerships that those are the people you want on your team. Yeah, I man, I appreciate that. That's cool. I'm so glad you're there to be a part of it and um, got to experience the whole thing. And every year it gets better. So, you know, 2023 is going to be even bigger and even better. Um, so anyhow, but the point is, is, you know, I try to use like all the tools that I have, whether it be Rhino, um, this podcast, the influence, the relationships I have and bring all those things together for the greater good of the industry and the people within it. So that is kind of what my heart is for. And, and this podcast is sharing stories for those like me or who also in this industry who have learn some things and who are willing to share with those, with the, our listeners in hopes that they can take an thing away from the podcast and implement it to make their business better. So, so let's, let's go ahead and jump into it then. <clears throat> and I'll say this real quick, cause I always forget to say it in the beginning, but if, if this is the first time you, that you're listening to the, to the point podcast, thank you. Cause I noticed we've been getting a ton of new listeners and subscribers, which is super cool. And I appreciate you. Um, I promise you we deliver in this podcast and I promise you, we don't always not get to the point quicker. Okay. <laughs> but sometimes I do, I ought to do what I do. Um, but if you are following, you know, follow the to the point podcast on our social media pages on YouTube, we have the live streaming piece on that's not live streaming. We have the uh, video on YouTube live streaming will be, be next year. We'll be doing that next year. 
Um, but then also just make sure you subscribe to it. You can stream it. You can do whatever, but whatever you do, listen to it and then be sure to share it with whoever needs it. Because I promise you, you know somebody that needs to hear the information to help their business. Done. PSA. Okay. So Ben, let's get into it, man. You didn't come from the trades. You didn't come up in the trades. You came from a whole different world. At one point in time, you were doing some training in Germany. Deutschland. I sprechen in Deutsch. Uh, un poquito. I just mixed the two. You see, I did there. I'm bilingual. Um, God, that was I. Okay. Anyhow, take us through your journey, man. How did you get into the trades? You were in the UPS world, man. That has nothing to do with this world. Tell right. us what's up, man. Like, tell our listeners how you got in the trades and kind of where you sit today as an owner in John Henry Plumbing and Energy. Yeah. So uh, my journey really started. Um, in numbers and accounting, um, you know, even when I reflect on it at times, um, that path was kind of uh, apparent to me all the way back in high school. Um, so left high school, um, uh, went on the journey uh, to to get an accounting degree. Actually started here at the University of Nebraska Lincoln, um, which is just down the street from from our offices now. Um, spent a few years there, and then. Uh, finished out my education at um, University of Nebraska, Omaha. It's about 45 minutes uh, up the road from, from where our office is. Um, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, enter in an internship program uh, back in, uh, I want to say 2000. Um, and it was an internship program really aimed at minority students, underrepresented um, students or, or, or people in, in corporate America. Uh, and so through that, um, I served a summer internship and uh, as the next school year started, um, I was working my way through school and needed to continue to work. So I asked uh, UPS in about an opportunity. Uh, and I, I essentially went, effectively went into the, a, a management trainee program uh, of sorts. Um, How old were you then, Ben? Roughly. Uh, I was 21, 22. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so when I, when I did that, I, I effectively started my career, I guess you, you could say, or formally started my professional career. And uh, I, I tried to, to balance full-time work and full-time school, and that wasn't a, a formula for success. So I eventually went part-time school and uh, continued on my uh, my educational journey as well. Uh, I'm sorry, and continued on my professional journey as well. So it took me a little longer to finish school, but I was, I was uh, well on my way into a, a professional um, a career at that point. Uh, finished school. <clears throat> Uh, and UPS decided to start consolidating. So Omaha was a, uh, a, a regional or a district office for UPS at the time, um, overlooked a few different States consolidation happened. And, uh, I took a, a move out of the accounting department just to try to s save my career and, and, and kind of keep on going. Uh, originally the intention was to come full circle and get back into the, into the corporate finance and accounting world, uh, at UPS, um, and, uh, probably almost seven years later and multiple rotations through all kinds of different departments at UPS, um, uh, got married. Uh, my, my oldest son was on the way and, uh, just kind of had a realization that, um, my career wasn't going anywhere. Um, so wanted to get back into more of the, uh, accounting and finance world because it was the, the thing nearest and dearest to me. Um, and just started applying for jobs and, uh, uh, took took a little while because I had been so far removed from uh, doing doing the accounting gig sure. um, to gain any traction with it. And uh, sure enough, um, 
position open at a plumbing and HVAC shop uh, in Omaha. Um, it closed down once and then resurfaced again. And when it resurfaced a second time, I, I jumped all over it, um, had a discussion with uh, the owner over a period of about a week and a half and uh, took a leap of faith. So you, I mean, I guess the mindset is, is that financials are financials, regardless of industry. But right. there certainly are things you have to look for and different levers you start to learn and understand what to move and how it impacts the business, all those types of things. Listen, when you start talking financials, like you're an integrator, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, and I am not. Um, and that is a different world. It's not exciting to me. Um, anytime I sit through uh, our my monthly meetings, going over P&Ls, balance sheets, meeting with our financial teams, like – I struggle through it. I'm like, Hey, it's taken me 15 years, you know, of being in this business to like get excited about watching things move. But man, when you're not in that mindset, it's just kind of like, Hey, make sure that we're, we're healthy. Um, right. actually, you know, right. it is so incredibly important to have a really, really good controller. Don't overlook that position. And, and, and if nothing else, you can get a fractional CFO, hmm. a part-time CFO to help, you if you don't understand it like some of us do like selling it installing it fixing it is great but if you're not making money and managing the business properly i promise you this is a big mistake so you're one of those guys that's analytical um you like the financial thing the financial piece of it and it's obviously like it's the backbone of the business is it's gotta be, you gotta have it to, you gotta have those financials and you gotta spend wisely and you gotta make sure you know your numbers and, and make the decisions and your projections and all these things comes from this position. So I had to learn to really respect it. Now, thankfully my wife, who's our COO is also brilliant um, with finances. And so she, she did get it. So I had like a little bit of leverage there, right? Because I didn't need to worry about it. You know, we, we, our two strengths complemented one another early on in this business. And so I'm grateful for that. But now we got a really solid financial team. But point being is I had to actually, once I started to understand, I could have them report to me in a way that made sense to me where I could make decisions quick. Red, yellow, green, red, yellow, green, like just different, you know, levers that I could pull. So, so you get into this business, all right? You um, are in your, um, by the way, it seems like a little bit of over uh, overkill with the University of Nebraska to have University of Nebraska and Omaha and Lincoln. They ain't that far apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's a third one too, Chris. So yeah, okay. man, we're, we're, all, we're all about the brand, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because well, there ain't shit else to cheer for, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. except for the Huskers. Nothing professional here at all. From that <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and keep going through that journey. Now you, um, now you, even though you you took on ownership of John Henry's. In 2019, you were, you were working there before that too. So maybe kind of take us into that journey. And if you can, if you can remember back then, roughly what was the size of the business when you came into it? And then we'll finish with kind of where it's at today because you guys have had some exceptional growth. Right. Yeah. So I, I um, was at the uh, the other uh, plumbing HVAC shop that gave me an opportunity that I'm eternally grateful for. Uh, uh, about 18 months in. Um, uh, just thought I needed to maybe find a little bit different path, uh, uh, maybe not even specifically in the trades, although I, I, I did love my experience there. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about all that I've been able to experience in my time in the trades is just that network that's out there, yep. all these, all these different, uh, avenues to, to get, to get into the trades and network with, and meet great people. 
And uh, although this wasn't uh, directly in the trades, um, reaching back into the network, um, my old college roommate from my sophomore, junior year down here in Lincoln uh, was working for the company at the time and still knew what I was doing. Kind of, we kind of ran in some similar circles still and unsolicited reached out to me via Facebook and said, Hey, we just let our controller go down here. Um, I know you're up there. I'm not sure if you're happy there. Uh, are you, uh, would you be interested in interviewing? I think you'd be a great fit. And, um, Hey, if I, just, if I was to reach out to your I old college roommate, would he have some fun stories about you? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got some cool nicknames and all that good stuff. So. <laughs> Damn it. I missed an opportunity. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, obviously timing was, was, was just right. Funny how those things work at times. Um, I, I immediately took the interview and I think probably 10 days later, um, accepted the position. And this is what so 40, give me, give me, uh, this was in, I want to say 2014, I believe is, was, is when, uh, when, when it was, Got it. um, and so it's, you know, my commutes to, to, to work in the past had been about five minutes at the very most. And so to go to a 45 minute commute, I just told myself, well, give it, give yourself a couple of years. You know, if you absolutely don't, don't like it, um, you know, you can always move on. Um, and you know, at this point, the rest is, is kind of history. Got really deep into the, into the industry and learning all the, you know, the inner workings and meeting all the great people that are out there to, to help, um, uh, grow the business. I think when I, when I stepped foot in the business, I think, uh, the prior year, so I joined the company in in May of, like I said, 2014, I think, I think the company had just finished at, uh, just under 10 million, uh, I believe is, is where the business was. Um, and so we fast forward to today. Uh, we're on track to finish at about 31, 31 and a half million this year and trying to push it to 40 next year. Atta boy. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Uh, you guys are, well, I mean, you're 120. What, where, where are your staffing at? You're up there, somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah, we have about 100, 125 employees right now, 130 somewhere in there. It kind of fluctuates a little bit, but yeah, right, right in the 125 range. Good for you, man. Love it. Really love in it. In Lincoln, yeah. Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> in yep. Lincoln, Nebraska. Just under 300,000 people. So. I know, man. It's such a cool story. So, like, if you're in a smaller market like that, I say smaller because, you know, I'm used to dealing with major metros, medium metros. This is a typical, I mean, this is a smaller market. Anything half a million in population under to me. I'm not talking rural. It's not rural, but it's a smaller market. That is a phenomenal business. So, if you don't think it can be done, here's proof. It certainly can be done. Um, now, because you were talking about the, I mean, the company actually started in 96, I believe. So I was a junior in high school. I had a butt cut haircut <laughs> and I was probably wearing a flannel shirt and some boots. I don't know. All those things, but company started in 96. So you, um, take in, take on this ownership in 2019. Um, what I'm curious. And I mean, the business is, is 
is a phenomenal sized business. I've heard others outside the industry talking about how well your business is. And I've obviously like super tied to about every, you know, everybody in the United States of America. Um, I want to try to help the listeners understand like, how is this, how is this happening? Um, and because you have this CFO hat, this financial hat too, I'm interested to hear how you coming from outside the industry and into it, like, how did you immerse yourself into the, into this home services space to start to understand what is the difference? Like, what do you need to be like, what did you do to start to educate yourself on what you need to pay attention to in the home services space? Because some of these people listening are still trying to figure that shit out. So maybe share some of that. Like you, cause you probably started to pick up on like, Oh, I really need to pay attention to X and you really need to pay attention to Y Z. So what were some of those things? Sure. Yeah, because if I look in the in the rearview mirror and reflect on some things, you know, at, at a point when I left my accounting gig at UPS and went into these other operational um, engineering assignments, I did all kinds of things. <clears throat> you know, as a, as a young person that hadn't, although I thought maybe I'd figured it out, I hadn't figured it out. I was constantly wondering why why am I doing this? What, what what's what's the point of this? Um, and, and in reality, Chris, what what it came down to, as I can reflect back on it, is um, uh, not everything's a number. Um, the relationships, the people, obviously it, there, there's been uh, many people on this podcast that have, have spoken to the, the, the strength in that and, and really developing the, the people side of it. Um, because to your point, numbers are dry. They're, they're not fun to talk about super critical. I understand it. Um, but if, but if you can't develop those relationships and, and really align yourself with people who are going to continue to push, push you to be, um, you know, better each day, um, you know, it, success is hard to come by if, if you don't do that. And so that was probably the, the catalyst for uh, really immersing myself in it. Um, uh, once I actually got in, the, the, my first stop there um, uh, was exposed to uh, Nexstar and it was a company was a member of Nexstar um, and really got um, uh, to see some really cool things, visit some other shops, um, and bounce ideas off, off others. Uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, Wyatt Hepworth and the team at any hour um, was one of those one of those shops. And um, um, ironically, I was just out there last week for a marketing a planning workshop to to see where they were at, at that point uh, that many years ago when I knew them and got to reconnect with them as we joined Nexstar last year. You know, they're a Rhino customer, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, just being out there last week and seeing just the monstrosity they have built right. out there, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal. So. So really, uh, you know, Chris, just I think I kind of uh, pride myself on on being a student of the game. Um, you know, I, I, again, my path didn't 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 uh, originate um, from turning wrenches, and and you know, uh, I always tell uh, my team here, I, I don't have the talent to to do that kind of that kind of stuff. It's just just uh, not uh, not something I was gifted with um, Same. Uh, early on, <laughs> and um, you know, so I, I figured the next the next best thing is to to tap those minds. And, uh, this is one of those industries where you, you get so much collaboration and, and so much desire to help each other and, and lift each other up, um, that I've been able to just, you know, network and, and meet people through those different avenues through, through things like Rhino X through Nexstar. Well, we did some stuff with service nation for a while. Um, uh, you know, and just not being afraid to pick up the phone and, and, uh, you know, put the ego aside and, and, and say, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing or here's where we need some ideas to, to continue to grow our business. Yeah, man. So a couple of things you said that I want to call out, <clears throat> um, even though I'm going to say that you, that you you have this massive strength in financials, what you are actually saying is you also need, you, you can't just run the business on the financials. 
because there's a human being aspect of running a business. And so you have to also look outside like, hey, how are you treating people? It can't just be a number driven. Like I, I say this all the time and I um, and our, I know that my our staff knows it here is I've never been driven to a number like, hey, I want to be 50 million this year for the sake of being a $50 million company and saying, look at me, I'm a $50 million company. Don't run the business that way. Um, the business is run in a way of how can we continue to do as best as we possibly can for all of our customers and all of our employees. And as long as we keep driving all those things and making sure that they're the, every employees we have, you know, I think there's roughly 160 rhinos at this point, including our, um, our contractors, our, our constant contractors for the call listing mm-hmm. reporting team. Um, is how are you utilizing your education budget every single month? Are you being, being smarter? If you're trying to career path to the next position, then you, your education should follow those things. Because the whole point being is the smarter they are, the better they are for themselves, the better they are for our customers, the better they are for the company overall. So reputation over revenue mentality. Right. And and so, but then you find those people who are in those strengths to help lead. Like if you have a financial hat, if you have an operations hat, if you have a marketing hat, like you got to find the different leaders in those things to kind of grow and scale the business. Mm-hmm. So, um, Another thing that I, I think is important that you mentioned is when you are part of like, you know, Nextstar or whatever industry best practice group that you're a part of, um, you talked about Terry, you know, and they have Praxis and there's Service Nation and there's like all these, you know, different things you can be part of. Um, you develop these relationships. And I don't think, even though you can't say, well, that's not really tangible that I could take and learn. Yes, it is. Because when you're in the moment and you hit the roadblock, it sure is nice to pick up your phone and send a text message to somebody who can help you answer that question. Absolutely. And that is a game changer. Like that is the value, like the power of networking, a meaningful networking is so important to your business, regardless of size, regardless of size. I have people reach out to me and ask me for opinions and they're running $300 million companies with private equity backing. And they're still asking me questions. And I feel good about that. But I'm also, and sometimes that question is, Chris, I need you to connect me with so-and-so. And I'm like, you got it. <laughs> you know. But, but that's the other piece of this that's so important, you know. And so uh, for our listeners, it's the easiest tool you got because it don't cost anything. It might take you a little sweat equity or it might take you a little, um, a little uh, putting your pride aside and, you know, to ask for help. And uh, I think you'll find like 90% of the time people are like, they want to help you. Even, even if they're in the same market, I know some people that are like, absolutely not, but most are like, yeah, they, they want to be helpful. So one key word I said at Rhino X right in the beginning is you got to be vulnerable. You got to be in that room and be vulnerable and just like, but everybody comes in with the same mindset of that's why you're there. You don't, I mean, it's not cheap to go there, right? It, it's expensive for a reason because we want you to be there and be serious about it. And if you spend that kind of money, you're serious. So you got to be vulnerable and ask the questions and be willing to not know the answers in front of your peers. And you find that the room does that. So, so kudos to you for recognizing that thing quick. Um, but I do want to talk about some for, more financial stuff and then we'll move on. Is that cool? Absolutely. Because I just trying to find some like, you know, different like triggers or levers or things that our listeners can be like thinking about because, you know, I've, you know, you know, Leland, Leland Smith from Service Champions, a phenomenal human being, was great at Rhino X this year on sharing information. Um, friend of mine is a financial like dude. He's like looking at financials multiple times a day. And I, but what he might be looking at might not be the same thing that you're looking at because of the difference in the business. There's probably some similarity, but there might be a few other levers that, you know, that he's, he's not, that he's 
that you would pay attention to, maybe not at that level. Mm-hmm. Just because the size of the business is different and, and you know, the other variables. But for you, are there any like specific levers that you're looking at, like financial levers on a, and, and is that like on a, on a, on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, like what type of basis are you looking like? What's the frequency that you're looking at there? And what are uh, like, what are some of those like key things that our listeners could take away? And then, um, you know, and what's the frequency? Sure. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at them all the time I'm, and service Titans obviously, you know, made that pretty easy. I'm kind of a, uh, uh, undercover software nerd. So uh, yep. I've participated in a lot of their, uh, you know, a lot of the tools that they build out now, the office app, you know, that sometimes is, is probably, um, uh, better to disconnect and stop looking at it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly looking at it, Chris. Um, you know, obviously, you know, revenue will, will take you a long ways. Um, and, and, it, it, you know, and just, just hitting that, that top line piece obviously doesn't, doesn't tell the whole story. Um, uh, constantly looking at, at call volumes and, uh, you know, making sure we have, uh, you know, the, the lead, the lead generation piece, uh, going on that, um, you know, we can go out and execute on, uh, day to day. Um, you know, looking at call booking percentages, um, uh, again, we don't, uh, the strength of our brand um, uh, probably doesn't require us to spend nearly um, what others may have to in, in markets that might have a little more uh, uh, depth to the, to the competition, yep. but none, nonetheless, um, you know, still spending significant amounts of money there. So always paying attention to, you know, what, what kind of leads and make sure that we're, we're converting, uh, converting them. And then. Can I ask a quick question? I want to sure. throw you off, but when you talk about, Look, I mean, I mean, uh, that you're talking about my world, right? So I live in that world and as clear as that world can be helps us like see the big picture. Meaning when you're looking at call volumes, you're a, um, you're a multi-service business. So you've got HVAC and plumbing. Um, are you looking at these like by service, like whether it be drain cleaning, is it that granular drain cleaning leads? Cause you got drain cleaning texts, you have installers, you're, your service text, like, are you learning, looking at it that granular? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, so we have a daily huddle. Um, we, we meet each morning as a team. Uh, we kind of condense and combine a few things just for sake of not having a you know an hour long meeting every morning. So it's it's just real quick, probably uh, ten minutes. Um, but yeah, we're looking at it by trade. Um, uh, you know, making sure that uh, we're hitting the target number of calls that we want. Um, you know, we look at the number of installs that we're doing. Uh, each day, um, you know, to make sure that it aligns with where we're trying to get to, um, you know, for that that specific day or that month. Uh, so yeah, we're we, we've we've uh, and actually we've probably even gone a little too too far granular because uh, last year, I believe, we split out our business units into residential and commercial just to get some more clarity around that. Sure. Um, we don't chase the commercial um, uh, at all, really, but uh, the demand, especially on the demand uh, plumbing side. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it chases us. Um, and so we really wanted some more granularity into, into what kind of opportunities we were getting there just to make sure it's not coming at the expense of really our core model of of being a residential, residential provider. Got it. So one thing that we, um, from our Rhino tracks report, just for our listeners who aren't customers or don't know what it looks like. Um, we've done this literally since the beginning, 15 years where when it was me, Building all the campaigns out, I, we listened to we listened here human beings here in the United States of America who are working for Rhino. Listen to every single call for every single customer, every single call that comes through the call tracking numbers. So whether it be the website, the pay pay per click ads, the social ads, whatever it is, social SEO, and it's all split out 
But one thing that I've, I've always tried to do as a owner and somebody who cares about this industry is how can I at least, if I can't fix some of the problems that I'm noticing on the contractor end, how can I help find solutions? The name is Rhino Strategic Solutions is the name right. of the company. And it's trying to bring those solutions or at least shed light on an issue that you might be able and bring it to your attention so, so that you might be able to fix it. And this is one thing. So what, even though Ben's talking about Service Titan, it, any field management software that you're utilizing, these are metrics that you can find. Like this isn't rocket science. So you can go in and find these things. And if you don't, say you're just using like QuickBooks or something like that because you're early on, um, best thing you can do is throw call tracking, <clears throat> excuse me, throw call tracking numbers on these things and at least take a look at the call tracking numbers that are coming in and seeing like total call volume and, and looking at these things. Cause you can learn a lot just by having a tracking number and a human being listen to it. I'm telling you just that. Right. Um, and right. that might have to be you, the listener right now doing those things. And I promise you take the time to do it. You'll learn a lot about your business. Um, Absolutely. but you can start to see by, if you're looking at, Hey man, call volumes are here. Um, and for drain cleaning, we're getting X amount of call volumes, but the booking rate is 12%, you know, or it's like some number, you know, like you can start to gauge on like, oh shit, we might need to do a little bit of coaching on these drain cleaning, you know, leads that are coming in. Um, so you can get that granular, but you can fix so much in your business by paying attention to those, like what's actually coming in, those operational things that are coming in, those training things that are coming in. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm so happy, man, because since even I've talked to you last, Ben, is we... Like, I love it when opportunities come up again and we get a, a lot of, we have a lot of interest in people that want to work with Rhino and some positions have to be local, right? Just if you're going to be in leadership, right. like you have to be local for the most part. Um, but we have one come up too, who was a great CSR coach, like ran a coaching team for a big agency that's in the home, like services space too. Didn't want to be there anymore. Left, tried something different, came back and I was able to hire her and work for us because think about it. We are seeing, because we're typically, you know, tasked with bringing in new customers, right? So even though I can track overall booking rate, because that is important, it's a metric you have to, because it's not just, you know, you're getting repeat, a ton of repeat and referral business, especially a business that's established as John Henry's, mm -hmm. but you got to track overall booking rate. I'm looking at what's the new booking rate, like on new business I'm bringing in, are you booking it? And if not, I'm saying, Hey, here you go, Ben, like. Your booking rate's 14%. Industry average is like 38, 39, 40%. Like you're well below average. You got to fix it. And I, I've, that's been like the yucky part for me because I've just been stuck there. I'm mm -hmm. like, here you go. Pick whomever you want. Maybe find somebody internal, but somebody's got to work on those CSRs booking those calls because it's atrocious for a new business. And otherwise, we shouldn't spend another dollar on anything until we actually get that thing squared away. So now I actually have that solution. I'm not going to offer it as a, as a, uh, external service, but I'm going to offer it to internal customers going into next year. And right now, um, it's, it's currently being beta tested with any hour group. Nice. So yeah, man. So a big deal, but anyhow, to follow the same point that you're talking about is it's because those are the metrics and some of the things that you can pay attention to regardless of size. You hear me say that regardless of size of company that will help your business. I promise you. So, so you, then you look at closed revenue, right? Cause you got to, even though you're looking at top line revenue, there's another missing ingredient in there. The missing ingredient is how much opportunity did we have that we didn't take advantage of, of like demand opportunity. So there's like a lot that you can learn in that space that those numbers he just gave you, this revenue, the call volume, the booking rate, will, will are some really good levers that can have a lot of different, you know, alternatives to help move the business forward. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know why I got something stuck in my throat right now. I don't know what it is. It's not the time of year. I don't have allergies. Um, something that I'm interested in too, like we, um, you, you, 
you in coaching and training and things like that, you can actually, you know, some of these people put on financial classes, like even how to read a P and L um, like the basics. And, and, and even though you might be embarrassed because you're probably sitting, listening to this right now, I guarantee you there's someone listening to it. That's like, Oh, I'm that guy, but I'm never going to say anything. Cause you don't want to sound like an idiot. Um, I promise you there's a shitload of people that feel the exact same way as you. I was one of those people. So you can do things like that. Have you, um, and there's lots of those options out there too. It's just that Ben kind of has that, like that's one of his core competencies is that world. Um, but have you ever offered like to your internal employees? Cause you have so many, like this is something that we, that we just started doing at Rhino was for those who don't really know, we're offering internal coaching sessions for them. So bringing in a financial advisor and financial coaches and offering it up to our staff so that way they can understand what to do with their money or like if they do want to invest in anything and what that investing actually really even means, you know, maybe you don't invest right. Well, maybe you do invest right now, actually. Um, <laughs> probably get it pretty cheap. But anyhow, but somebody to like coach them how to sp how to use their money. Like we have a lot of younger employees in here too, and I had no clue about any of these things when I was younger. So you guys do anything like that for your own staff? Yeah, I, I mean, probably not as uh, intentional as I'd like to see it, but uh, we have our 401k uh, representative come in here and at least talk through some of that. We have a, a pretty young uh, demographic in, in, in the workforce. Um, so we, we've, we've done some what I'll call basic things like that. I think there's a bigger vision there though, Chris, one of the things that our annual plan meeting earlier this year um, uh, that uh, I, I kind of challenged the team with are, are two things for next year to really be a, kind of an underlying theme, taking a deep dive into our customer experience and making sure that as we continue to grow that we're not letting uh, some of the, the angles of, of uh, things that separate us from our competition. We're not letting some of those things go by and just making assumptions that um, that experience is, is still what we want it to be. That's good. Um, and then the other thing, looking at uh, looking at the employee experience, um, uh, and, and and certainly that aligns with taking that next step. Um, we're kind of in the infancy stages of doing that with our own numbers for the, for the company, just to to get a better understanding. So uh, we're in the process of working through a few exercises to give everybody kind of a a baseline, uh, just so. There is transparency to ex to exactly what's going on and everything that we're asking of of our employees day in and day out that they can see the the fruits of that labor to to see uh, you know what, what's really what what's really going on in the company. So yeah, cool. Uh, definitely, definitely on our radar to, to to get to that point. Yeah, because you got to pour into. I mean, the way I'm, the way my like thought process has always been on just employees in general is as much as much as I can pour into them professionally and personally and let them know that I genuinely care about them. And, and you can show it by doing X, Y, and Z, whether it be offering coaches or your compensation is great or the culture or whatever. Um, but you have to make sure that you are pouring into those employees and, and growing them. Like, because the better you take care of them, the better they take care of your customers. It's like this beautiful little cycle when it works well that way. And it gets harder as you get bigger, right? Like, cause then you got to really rely on your leadership and your leadership's got to be marching to, this, to be to the same drum, but it's so important to overall um, um, customer experience. At the end of the day, is the game, right? Is client fulfillment. So you have to do all of these things. Now, when you, if you're smaller, that person might be you, and it might be a couple different people, which does make it easier. <clears throat> but you said something that I think is important again, regardless of size. When you become a bigger company, and you're well known, and you got a great brand you, you, it's, you can get into this like 
you can get into this um, mindset of assuming that the client experience is the same as it's always been. And Hey, we're getting some reviews and Hey, but that's also when you can fall into that trap mm -hmm. of like, Hey, it's all good. Like, let's just leave it. But you still got to have checkers. You're still got to be some accountability in there. And um, because at the end of the day, we're in the client fulfillment game. Like, we are offering a service and that Absolutely. service needs to be as best as it possibly can be because you want them to come back and use you again or refer you again, because those referral leads are very, very, very cheap leads. Like, you know, that's so like you want to, and, and that mean that's the reputation over revenue mentality. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. um, I love that you're going to be doing that, man, because I think that's where a lot of companies miss the boat is how cool if you can be, and almost have this financial advisory piece to you, like a perfect example is knowing, Hey, this particular bank account, if you have a savings, if you can put some money in this bank account for the next two years, it'll earn 6% versus whatever percent, like just knowing those things, I would have no idea. Nobody told me right. that. And then I would right. be like, okay, I just got to transfer that. How do I train? Having somebody to go to, um, that you provided as the employer. That's pretty cool, man. Like that's a differentiator that shows that's just another level of showing how much you care about, about your employees. Yeah. And Chris, if I can add just one, maybe final thing there on, the, on that topic, we had an, uh, an opportunity again, being a student of the game and, and, and doing a lot of listening. Um, uh, we sent uh, uh, a couple of us last year and then um, more here in the last month and then a couple more still go into map training um, and um, uh, just been an outstanding experience. And one thing I really took away from there that's really resonated with me that I, I did with our leadership team earlier this year that will eventually start to roll out to people is um, my instructor in MAP, um, uh, and I always get the how he said it incorrect, but there was something along the lines of um, uh, in, in the book for MAP, there was a, a two, two forms at the back, a career career development plan and a life plan. And, and the facilitator offered up, oftentimes people are using their career plan to uh, navigate their life plan, when in reality, it should be your life plan navigating your career plan. Yep. Uh, so tying those two together to figure out what is it that you want for your life. And yeah, financial is, is a huge piece of that. Um, that, that that's where we're going to go with that and, and really start to dissect what is it that their employees, not what do they just want out of a career, but wh where are they headed in, in life in general and how can we help them uh, achieve that for themselves and for their families? Yeah, man, because we work to live, not live to work. Right. Like that is, that is the consensus is like, is you do want to create some wealth to go and do things, to have the experiences, to live the life. Like that is incredibly important. Right. But we don't like I do, but it's different for me. Like you should love and be passionate about what you do and it no longer becomes work. They say, um, I'm passionate. And I love what I do. It's a hard work. It's a lot of work too. And I'm all over the place. Um, but I do love it, you know, but I'm also trying to create, you know, it's not just about me. It's about everybody that's, that's in this family and everybody that we're impacting outside of this family that are customers and partners and all the things. So I loved, I mean, I carry that because I feel like I'm the guy to carry. It. I feel like that's been the baton I've been given, but, um, those are differentiators on why people can come work for you. And that's a big part of growing your business is you gotta have people that want to come and actually work for you. Right. So one, one, one thing I want to hit on is, you know, I was, uh, about a month or a half ago, maybe a few months ago, I was doing a, um, a, a live podcast at Victor Anchor's event at these profit rocket growth summit in Vegas. And I had, um, Tommy, I had my friend Tommy Mello up on stage with us. Um, I had Ishmael up there and I had Victor up there and we're doing a live thing and it's talking like talking around recession and inflation. 
like those types of things, you know, all the fun topics. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but it's like a reality. You can't avoid it. It's like SEO. You got to do it. <laughs> um, but right. inflation, you know, it certainly has happened. It's not like this is some big secret. It's happened across a lot of manufacturers and like just, and just everything in general, like it's gotten more expensive. Well, something's got to happen because you, if you're on the financial side, you're just looking at chipping away at your bottom line. If you make, if you just try to stay the same, like that's not the answer. So something that, or there's fear that comes into making change because that inflation on the retail side of it or the customer side, like, so there's things, these things that happen, but how have you guys handled that? And I would say, especially in a more conservative market like yours, how have you guys handled that in regards to just your pricing? Like how did you decide to make adjustments? But then the second half of that is, and if you forget it, I'll remind you is how has that played into your, your staffing, like the growth of your staff? Because are you, are you changing your compensation to be, to, to stay competitive? Like what are the things that you guys are doing to overcome that? Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, early on in, in the, the pandemic, Chris, um, uh, really not through that, through that first uh, wave and I don't know, what was it? 2020, but really, as we started to wind up, uh, 2020 and into 21, um, you know, and this whole supply chain, uh, issue started to pop up, um, you know, we, we really had to, I guess, uh, use our buying power yep. and, and kind of flex what little muscles we have. And, uh, you know, we, we had to fill the barn a little bit, um, uh, and, you know, uh, grab onto bulk equipment, water heaters, you know, air conditioners. Are you guys the um, biggest contractor in link in Lincoln? Uh, and specifically in the residential space, I I would say so. Cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, just gives me some like perspective on leverage. Right, right. Uh, and so we had actually just um, uh, leased some some storage space that we had some other ideas that we we're going to do with, and lo and behold, we had to, we had to fill up uh, uh you know the, the storage space with equipment. Um, so you know we did some of those traditional things and. and you know what pricing we could get to just get ahead of, um, you know, paying attention to our to our price book and and making sure that those processes that we stuck with uh, to make sure we didn't miss anything. I think that's just that's an ongoing battle. We, you know, we made some mistakes and le- you know learned a little bit and and just kind of kept uh, you know being persistent with it to to know that we have we have to stay on top of it because the price of those things are 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 changing yeah. uh, you know relatively quickly. So, but they're not just uh, changing for you. No, no, yeah, right. They're they're changed for everybody, yeah. And and to the extent that, again, we could take advantage of that, that buying power, you know, we, we did it, you know. But there was at one point, you know, again reviewing financials, I looked at our balance sheet, and you know, you see that inventory number just, uh, you know, skyrocket. And I just called the team together at some point when uh, I, I stopped kind of hearing about uh, so many uh, supply chain issues, and said, okay, do what we have over there is that going to carry us for, you know, through the summer, you know, whatever the time frame was, because. I, I pulled up the balance sheet and said, you know, this is just what's going on. And that right there is cash, <laughs> you know, just, just, just hanging out there, just beat up on the desk. So, um, you know, so we, we strategically just, uh, you know, are paying attention to our purchasing and, and just making sure that, that we're, we're staying ahead of it. Um, in regards to the staffing, you know, it's, it's ironic. Um, you know, I think pre pandemic, um, we did, we just had a company meeting a, a couple of weeks ago. We did a kind of a trivia game with, with our team and uh, I think pre-pandemic, we had rough, roughly 75 employees. Was, it was kind of roughly where we're at. And two years later, we have 125 or 130. Um, and so, uh, you know, we doubled down on it. We, we, we really knew that, uh, uh, you know, after the first couple months and 
Uh, you know, our call volumes didn't really fluctuate all that much. We had to take the proper precautions, obviously, for a long period of time to make sure our customers and our employees felt safe. Um, but we, we kind of figured out at some point that we could push through uh, the challenges. And so we continue to invest in, in the infrastructure and uh, all that we're doing for our employees. Um, and so we maybe kind of buck that trend um, when we compare it to, to other industries. I know uh, others in, in, in our space um, you know, have, have been able to do that exact same thing. And, and we've just, we've kind of followed that mold. So, so when you were going into the, and you, like you stocked up on all this stuff, did your actual price points change? Like were you, did you, were you increasing costs to homeowner? Uh, we, yeah, we, like, we were um, to the extent that we were absorbing uh, price increases for sure. Um, but I think a lot of that, Chris, is, and when I, when I referenced looking at that customer experience, I think, Probably what I'm trying to say there is um, that's not just an infinite thing that you can just keep doing without looking at the value that you're providing to the customer. So at some level, not only if you're going to raise that, you got to raise the value uh, to 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 what it is that you're you're bringing to the table, and um, uh, you know that that's also an an ongoing battle. Um, But um, um, yeah, you have to pay attention to it because again, um, uh, if you can't if you can't do it profitably, what's what's the point in, in in doing it? Yeah, because also it's fair to say when you're larger, you also have more overhead than the smaller guys too. So they have some like they have leverage. So even if you have buying power on the equipment side, you also have the overhead that comes along with being a large company too. So there is like a, the great like <laughs> equator in there too that would help like balance the thing out, e- uh, equalizer, um, equator. I meant to say equalizer. Um, you know what I meant. Equator is like zero to the right. It's balancing it out, right? Fair enough. Okay, yep. whatever. Um, anyhow, but then on the staffing side, you know, um, I'm a you know you you got to be competitive, right? And especially when you're in a um, a market like yours too, is it's not like there's you have to find people and bring them in. And you guys have created like an apprentice. You know, you guys created like the uh, like a little um, apprentice program. Um, because you gotta like find different ways to to even continue to follow the growth. So so with the increase in like in pricing, mm-hmm. you gotta think about well shit. Now I gotta not only I gotta absorb that and figure that out, but now I also need to keep up with competitive pay for our team, and and maybe that includes like different incentive plans or or things like that that you've done too that kind of offset that where it's performance based or or whatever. But um, you gotta do it because. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you if you experience it, but like what we experience is um, what that cost to get this person two years ago might now have just increased by 15, 20, whatever percent now for the same thing. And you have to account for those things because the employees are experiencing inflation just like we're experiencing it. Right. So at some point in time, what's the cost of living and is there increases and things like that? All the fun stuff that if you're, smaller looking to be bigger you're gonna have to pay attention to it it all matters um but you have to follow those things right like because um it's just i'm always curious to know who's doing what to stay competitive but also bring the bottom line with you still because you are still a for-profit business and the business still does need to make x on the bottom to be able to to remain a profitable business so, um, this whole like thing on, you know, I was having a conversation the other day about what are alternatives going into like 2023, like, um, and 
I did a podcast on, on, on leasing and I'm not sure, you know, hundred percent how I, how I feel about it. And I'm not even sure leasing is the right term you would use. Maybe it's more like subscription based, but have you heard like, you ever, or have you heard anything about that? Like it kind of started to happen pre pandemic and like, it's huge in Canada. Yes. Um, but down here it has like in the States hasn't really caught on a whole lot. And then it kind of went quiet during the pandemic because everybody, like if you started to blow up and it wasn't even like a thing, but, um, I can see a lot of pros and I can see some cons. I just think there's some misunderstanding about it. And I don't want to go deep into it. I just am curious, like off the top of your head, like, can you see this thing actually catching on with like a subscription based type of thing or no? Or like, where's your thoughts with that? What's your thoughts on that? Certainly paying attention to it. And, yeah. I, and uh, ironically, um, I think a little over a year ago, we hired a, a HVAC sales uh, person uh, came to us from uh, the community about an hour away from us that was um, uh, doing doing that same work in, in that community, um, and I think belonged to uh, the, the company was uh, a part of a, uh, a, a a private equity of some sort. And they may even been based out of out of uh, Canada, um, but when we interviewed um, that person, um, you know, he was sharing you know kind of his statistics and what he has sold in in, in the business that he was in um, from from HVAC system perspective. And uh, all of a sudden, he rolled out that eighty or ninety percent of what he sold was leased equipment. And I'm like, "You're like 65, 70 miles down the road, and I mean, that's that's not anything that uh, at least a we've. I mean, we knew of it, but you know, not, nothing that we've ever taken seriously. No but serious consideration. At that, at that, yeah, at that point, it was like, well, obviously, I mean, you know, it, it's not a huge community that he was uh, working in, but there. You know that's a thing. I mean, it, it, that that's real, and it must must uh, must work. Because he was selling, I think, almost two million dollars, and I think, um, uh, you know, somewhere in the seventy to eighty percent of it was leased leased equipment. So, yeah, if you think about it from uh, this perspective, Ben, like, if we're if we are going to go into an recession of some sort, right? And we've kind of gotten programmed to thinking about like the subscriptions and like, you know, the, like the subscription model, I'll use air quotes and like, um, and it's, I can kind of like, I can kind of see it being a legit option moving forward. Right. And, and again, I don't really know. I'm kind of just, it's just something that was on my mind and I thought about it in, yep. on the fly while you were talking, but I can kind of see it's got, it could have wheels because if it's another alternative to, Hey, I can get this customer if they take this option and it's the subscription-based option. I could see it potentially panning out as an alter as an alternative option. Yep. Somebody, somebody will be brave and bold. One of the manufacturers, or somebody will, you know, will 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 see through it, or and we'll find out. We'll let, we'll let them vet it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Listen, I derail us from that too. I want to, um, I think we're getting pretty close to like an hour on this thing too. So which see, this is, it flies by, right? Like it, it almost it an does. hour into this thing. Um, and, and I have like a couple more questions, but I don't want to take that much time. So I'm going to, I'm going to finish up with just a couple, um, you know, people, this time of year for us, it's, we have a lot of our, of our customers who have already got the next year's plan in place. Like our marketing plan is already in place. Some of it we're already even executing on at this very moment. Um, but then you've also got those that procrastinate and wait till the very, very, very end of the year who are just now having those conversations, which by the way, even though you procrastinate, you're still ahead of a big chunk of other people who are going to wait till the beginning of the year to do, to make their plan for that year. Um, so if that's you typically 
don't be that guy or gal. Um, try to get ahead of it a little bit, okay? Um, but, you know, I hear a lot of uh, projections, performance, things like that on what companies are wanting to do because a lot of it is like I have to look at, especially with our bigger customers, like I'll just use an any hour for an example. They're way ahead of the game um, and, and planning well in advance. But I have an idea of, hey, Chris, you know, we're trying to grow our plumbing side of the business and we need to grow it by X amount of revenue, which is equivalent to Y in or you know, XYZ in lead volume. So that's one way I can control like, okay, cool. At least I have an idea of what you want to do. I know what your average cost per lead is to bring a new business and when I can come up with a budget, no problem. I got it. But what I hear is these big projections for next year. Right. And, and sometimes I have conversations, I shouldn't say just me, but some of the account managers as well, where I don't quite believe that that projection, like where that number came from is accurate. Right. So <laughs> The projection's only good if your numbers are on point, right? Because otherwise you don't really like there's, you can't really measure against it's not accurate. So how can you point being is if you're going to project for the upcoming year, and I'm certain that you guys are doing that, if not already done, um, what are you using to make it as realistic as possible? So that way, when you say, hey, man, we want to grow 15% or, hey, man, we want to go to 35 million, your market might only bear so much fruit. So, but what are the, t what are the things that you're using like to, to make that projection as realistic as possible? Yeah. So this year we took a little bit different approach to our budget. Traditionally it's been uh, myself and our, our controller, you know, really pouring over the, the data, looking at historicals, um, kind of projecting forward, you know, where we think we can get, then we bring in each of the managers and validate, make edits and, and, you know, kind of, kind of land on a, on a number. Um, this year we took a little bit different approach, um, and uh, we brought in a, a, a much bigger section of the team that um, hasn't traditionally been uh, involved, at least in the front end development um, of the budget, and really just looking at it from a uh, a call volume perspective, how much uh, we think we can we can grow that, how we can continue to convert that, um, uh, looking at our staffing headcounts, and uh, literally looking at it by month where where we plan to anticipate adding uh headcounts um and uh you know and walking through exercises in individual groups while everybody's kind of still in one big room but partitioning them off into their departments really so they have an input and, and a buy-in that really becomes their plan right um and and so we did that and uh we, we still have some some buttoning up to do of, of it because um you know then you got to go back and look at seasonality and all the all the dry things that uh, a room that size doesn't really need to uh, spend time uh, getting, getting into. Um, but uh, I'm actually controller and I are, are going to review that on Friday. And then um, about a week from now, um, we'll hopefully wrap that up with, with all of our teams. So, but really Chris, uh, the answer to the question is bringing it, bringing it down to the, to the grassroots level in terms that they can understand and they can execute on uh, simply because it's not some pie in the sky, um, a theory of some kind of what we're going to do. It's actual practical um, numbers and, and understanding where we've been and, and where we can go. Uh, you know, year over year from, from 21 to 22, we're going to grow about 40%. Um, and next year uh, we're projecting about 25%. I was like, well, why are you slowing down? Well, to, <laughs> to, to, to what you're saying, right? I mean, there's got to be some practicality and reality to it. Um, you know, we're, we're still dealing with, with pretty big numbers, uh, at least from, from our aspect. Um, and so to continue to move that, that needle, um, uh, it's still going to take a, a lot of heavy lifting, you know, in order to go from 
from from thirty one to to about forty million next year. Right, and and I think that's something that's worth noting is, um, I think it's safe to say that whole 2020, 2021, 2022, it was a bit of an outlier too. So especially the 21, 22, like if you're looking at your numbers and you see these big numbers, um, to, it can skew, it can skew from, from the, the norm. Like from, if you look at your trajectory, like those are outlier years that might throw it off a little bit. So just take that into consideration when you're thinking about them. I'm like, that was arguably two phenomenal years as essential businesses. I use our air quotes um, for the trades, very, very good few years for the trades. Um, But just to take that into consideration, um, I have zero doubt that you'll hit your goal and your number zero doubt. Um, And I look forward to being a small little piece of that as, as your um, digital marketing partner. So I appreciate you, man. Big piece actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. We're going, we're going to Omaha. Omaha. Uh, so I have no doubt also that from this particular podcast that people are going to reach out to you, you know, and, and talk to you about these things. And, and, and I know that you'll, that you'll welcome uh, those questions from some of your peers that are listening to this too. Um, like, like most of the guests do, but you know, also you're going to have private equity breathing down your neck right now. That's probably already happening. Um, but one thing I want to finish this thing off with is, um, you know, just something that I, that you and I kind of talked about pre-podcast too is, you know, what is for the listeners, what is one thing, like if you can just think like off the top of your head, um, what is one thing that you have learned from a competitor, another contractor, another market? Like what is the, like what is one big takeaway that, that has, that you have learned from them or that they have taught you? on how to be better at your business. Sure. Yeah. You know, when I I reflect on that uh, a lot, honestly, um, just as we navigate our own path and developing uh, our own people, you know, this is something that's near and dear to me is just the development of people. And uh, I reflect back on uh, uh, a meeting um, that I sat in uh, at, at at the other shop that I worked at um, and uh, just seeing how adamant, uh, Wyatt Hepworth was um, about the investment in people, and, uh, and 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 again, this was probably nearly almost ten years ago now at this point, and so it, it wasn't lost upon him at that time of of what uh, what was possible when you, when you pour into to people like that, um, uh, because although yes, there are competitors out there, um, you know, we kind of take the stance of you know being our own biggest biggest competitor. Um, and, and, and just, it was, it was just a lesson about the investment in people. And, and when you, when you bring them onto your team and what the possibility is when you really pour, truly pour in to someone, um, and something I've, I've, you know, I borrowed from you as well as just being genuine about, about that investment and that pouring in and really aligning with my path of, um, you know, why, why I think I'm in the position that I'm in. Is, is to help do that is to really pour into people and, 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 uh, holding them accountable, obviously, but, uh, really ensuring that they have a path forward. Um, because when you, when you do that, um, I think the, the opportunities are limitless, uh, when, when you align yourself with, with people that, that really grasp that. Yeah, man. White's a good dude, man. He gives without expectation. Absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. 
Yeah, well, I can say this, you know, for our listeners too, and because I've gotten to know you and I understand a little bit about the company too, is you have a big heart. I know you guys do a lot of giving back, um, which is a core value at Rhino too, and just doing things in the community and being a meaningful part of it. And the two words that stand out to me is um, at the end of the day, if you're in business, if you're working for somebody right now, if you genuinely care, that's the word you use. It's one of our, it's, it's literally my number one core value. Even we have seven here at Rhino. It's everything came from that one because I genuinely care. You can't fake that piece of it, right? It's the intent behind the business, the purpose behind the business, whether you're an owner, CFO, CEO, a GM, a technician, an installer, whatever. If you genuinely care about your work and you genuinely care about that client fulfillment piece, the customer satisfaction, man, good things are going to happen to you because you're not faking it, not trying to half-ass it, not trying to get one over on the company. If you got a problem with something, speak up. You know, we actually like to hear, don't be a yes man or don't be a yes woman. Like, you know, but be genuine, you know, and, and, and that will take you, that will take you far and continue to give back. And that's like a, something I think is, is huge. I think a lot of people really stepped up over the pandemic. Um, unlike the Grinch, people's hearts got bigger. <laughs> well, I guess his heart got bigger at the end, didn't it? <laughs> it went small and then it got bigger. Um, the, uh, but yeah, like genuinely caring is like, is, is something that, um, is the main driver for me and, and really all things, you know, it, is doing good is good business. Um, something that Mike Branson told me, who is now the president of, Global Air, I think, for Reem, um, mentored to me in the beginning. Um, but doing good is good business, and I've followed that model. So, hey, thank you, man. Thank you for hopping on. I'm glad Chris, I get to be your first podcast. Yeah, this is awesome. Really, really appreciate it. And, you know, it took a, took some time to, to align schedules <laughs> and all that, but I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity. You're an outstanding man and really, really excited to continue to partner with, with Rhino and get to Rhino X next year and all the – all the good things that 2023 and beyond is going to bring. Yeah, I appreciate that. That means a lot that you're saying that. And you know what? I'm going to do something different with you, mainly because I messed up. <laughs> I messed up because typically at the end of an episode, I read a review from someone who left a review. And on my little sheet here, I don't have one. So <laughs> I'm taking ownership of this. I've never done this before, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Now, listen. You can leave anywhere up to five stars if you'd like, Ben. <laughs> My hope is it's the five. But would you mind being the first ever in To The Point podcast history to leave a live review for the podcast? And listen, if not, it's going to be a little awkward, but we'll get through it. So would you be willing yep. to be my first? I'll do that, Chris. I'll do that. I think I actually left one on the platform when you first, or at least when I first got exposed to it, okay. but it never, never hurts to, to kind of refresh one. So, so I'll go ahead and leave a five-star review. Chris and the crew really pour into the, to the home services uh, uh, industry, uh, really find avenues, uh, even if you aren't a, a Rhino customer, uh, to really elevate uh, your own business in the way that uh, you, you conduct uh, your operations, your marketing, and, 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 figuring out uh, how you continue to raise the bar. And Chris has, Chris has done that uh, not only for his own customers, but for this entire industry and, and to the point podcast is, has been one of those that has been a, a gateway for me uh, in, into learning more about the home services and all the great people that are in the industry. And uh, I'm thankful for a partnership with Chris and, and the Rhino family uh, for, for being able to do that. 
That was pretty damn good. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, thank you. Seriously, you you know me well. Like I, I, when I say it means a lot, it means a lot, man. I'm not just saying that shit to say it. So I appreciate that. It's good to hear. That is that is the reward for me, right? Like that. There's you can't put a number on that on that type of reward, and that's the type of impact that that I want to have. That I want you to be able to have on this podcast with others listening, and then those listening to be able to go and do likewise. Like that is the game. Like this big gigantic pyramid scheme, for lack of a better term. Of giving back and doing good shit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So Absolutely. I, appreciate, I appreciate you, dude, so much. I'm excited to see you at Rhino X again. You know I'm going to go big, too. I'm excited to watch you execute on your growth plan to be a part of those things. Like I said, um, keep doing good stuff, man. Keep on doing what you're doing. I guarantee you're going to have people reaching out to you, asking you for information. And when you do, just shoot me a text and say, and another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh um, uh, elevating the sneaker game a little bit since you got Nelly and the, the, go back to the Air Force Ones back back into uh, my, my years in college. So oh, you better I'm, believe I'm, I'm for that. you better believe I'm wearing my Air Force Ones. <laughs> it's gonna be such a good day. He's doing a private concert for us. Like how yeah, cool he'll stay awesome. and hang out too, which is pretty. And by the way, he's friends with George Donaldson, and oh, yeah. and so that's how he like I'm, I did a podcast with George here in the studio, and he's like texting him from and like the whole thing was cr- like. It was cool. I'm a big Nelly fan, right? So it, yeah. it worked out cool for me. There might be some people showing up who are like, who the hell is, is this guy? Yeah. But, yeah, I know, but I know what the list But I know what the list looks like. I see who's coming already, and I know yeah. the, from those attendees that the majority are going to be like, hell yeah. So yep. anyhow, yep. I man, I appreciate you, dude. Listen, I hope you have a great Christmas. Listeners, I hope you have a great Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you could have a holiday season or whatever it is that you celebrate. It's a time of year um, to just – reflect a little bit on the success that you've had, reflect on the changes that you might need to make. Um, but give yourself a pat on the back because I bet you did a lot of good shit for yourself this year and your family and others. And if not, now's a good time to step up and do it before the end of the year. Like it's the season of giving, so give back. Hopefully you all had a good Thanksgiving. I appreciate you all so much. You know, we bring these guests on here. They share all kinds of stuff, things to look at, different levers and the financials to use, you know, lots of different tools. You don't got to do everything, but you got to do something. No, zero, Days. Days, baby. No zero days. We'll see ya. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, We have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. If you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.